Hello, welcome to another instalment of Rugby Nation on rugby.com.au. I'm Nick McArdle, and for the first time on Rugby Nation, welcome to Christy Doran. Christy? Thanks. Good to join, and uh, looking forward to the weeks to come. And of course, we should just uh, dip our lid to Beth Newman. A great stint with Rugby Australia has come to an end for Beth. She has departed for uh, greener COVID-safe pastures in Queensland. So Christy has answered the call and uh, and ahead of a massive game in Canberra on Saturday night. Welcome to a man who has a, a deep understanding of the rivalry between the Tars and the Brumbies. Waratah's assistant coach, a Tars legend, Chris Whitaker. Wits, welcome to you. Yeah, how are you guys? Go easy on that. <laughs> now that fits that fits legends good um what what makes this uh this rivalry so important and, and and so meaningful for you i think i think the rivalry is there because when the brumbies first came in they were probably um performed not more than better than everyone's expectations but they were definitely you know for the beginning of super rugby they were the best performing australian team um so um, you know, I think everyone want to knock them off. And I suppose coming from Ramwick as well, um, Ramwick were kind of known as, you know, the second Brumbies team because we had so many guys that played down there, obviously. You know, Ewan McKenzie, Owen Finnegan, David Knox. Um, so, you know, when you go back to play for Ramwick, it was it was like I was, you know, I was the imposter again, once again. But, um, you know, I think the rivalry is just one, one of those things where they've just been the, the form team. Um, and so it's kind of built it. They love that underdog tag, don't they? You, you speak to people like Rod Kafer and, and they just thrived upon it. Um, did, did, did you guys actually buy that, though? No, I mean, they didn't buy it because, mate, I played with the half of them down at Ramwick, so you knew how good they were. Um, and they'd still run it, you know, I mean, run, run it with your training. They'd say, you know, we weren't wanted by the Waratahs and we were this and we were that. Hard done by, hard luck story. Uh, and it worked for them. You know, um, you know they, they thrived on that. Yeah, across yeah. a river. Yeah, they thrived on it, and you know it, it was a bit like um, you know Queensland hated us as well back in the day as well. So that was their biggest game of the year. Um, so it was like, and every time we played against either the Brumbies or the Queensland, it was we had to be on for it because um, we knew they were going to be. We'll get to a story about that in a moment. Um, that that rivalry. Do you think it still exists today? Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, man. I think. I think the rivalry between New South Wales and Queensland is still there, obviously. Um, but I think over the over the you know I mean, since the beginning, I think that rivalry between the Brumbies is is there as well. Um, you know, I remember going back to Ramwick and half the supporters down at Ramwick in the in the old days used to be Brumby supporters, not Waratah supporters, because there were so many Ramwick guys there. Um, and I think it's still built on it now because you know you look at the squad now. There's there's a lot of guys down there that uh, a lot of the guys in the Waratahs now would have played with. They're from Sydney, so. Um, you know, once again, the Brumbies are probably the form team, or well, they are the form team in Australia at the moment. Everyone wants to knock them off. There's, uh, there's all that myth and legend that you've, you've touched on, and one of those uh, legendary tales is about uh, 2005, and you'd never won in Canberra, and uh, and you and Mackenzie paints the, the the bus, or gets the the Waratahs bus, and he drives it down, and you park it at Griffith in front of uh, in Brumbies HQ, and you you drive it around town. You remember that day? I remember it. I was uh, we obviously went on the bus and things like that. But back in the day, they had the big Waratah bus with everyone's photos on it and things like that. Um, but Ewan definitely tried to make it, um, you know, because I think everyone was always the obvious reasons. It was cold. There wasn't much to do, um, and there was a good footy team down there, so no one liked to go there. So he tried to change that idea, get down there early, and and tried all week. So we're going down and enjoy ourselves and treat it like it's home. Um, obviously, worked because we came away with the first win there. Um, it was an interesting plan, but it worked. Didn't he say something like, 
we're going to walk around their city, we're going to go and we're going to drink their coffee. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> In the end, though, it doesn't really matter, does it? Because you still got to play a game of footy. But like you say, you hadn't won uh, ever. Like like that would have been, what, nine, nine, nine years, ten years. Uh, you had to wait for your first win uh, against the Brumbies in Super Rugby in Canberra. Yeah, 100%. But you look at the, the Reds as well. It was the same as the Reds. I mean, my first kind of six, seven years, I didn't beat the Reds. I hadn't beaten the Reds because, um, you know, you speak to guys like Tim Horan and guys like that, and that was yeah, they didn't win one game all year. That's the one game they wanted to win was against us. Uh, I remember when we were kind of up the top of the table going for the semi-final spots and the Reds were down the bottom somewhere, but they'd come out and beat us because, you know, the whole thing was that rival between the, the two. And uh, if I was completely honest with you, I, I don't think we had that uh, back in the day, you know, I mean, until until we tried to make a point of it um, where, you know, we, we thought, you know, let's match them. So we did. It's a bit like the rugby league, you know, the Queenslanders, same thing, same with the Brumbies. Um, it's like we didn't have a chip in our shoulder. Uh, I suppose it's something you needed. So what's what's the turning point there? What's the, the, the flick of the switch that goes, no, we need to actually make Sydney a fortress? Or um, how do you, at, at what point in time do you go, no, 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 we've actually got to go down to Canberra and do what you and Mackenzie did? Oh, I think, I think everyone just got sick of losing down there. Um, you know what I mean? I think everyone just thought, you know, enough's enough. We've got to get down and we've got to do something different. And I suppose it's just changing that mentality uh, of doing something different. And instead of regretting it, or not regretting, but not enjoying going down there and not looking forward to it, I think he changed that whole mindset of let's go down there and let's do something special. What about this time, Wits? Um, Brumby's on top of the table, Waratah's third, but only three points uh, adrift. And, and then, of course, the prize for finishing top in a few weeks' time is that direct entry into the final. This is huge for all sorts of reasons this weekend. Yeah, it is. I mean, we're the underdogs, that's for sure. I mean, as I said before, you know, for the last couple of years, if not longer, the Brumbies have been the form side in the competition. Um, you know, it's been a while since we beat them down there. I think it's been a while since we beat them up here as well. So, um, you know, they're coming on the back the back of a bye, uh, which is, you know, we seem to get all the teams off the back of a bye at the moment, which, you know, it is what it is. Um, so they, they would have had two weeks to prepare for this game. So, um, so we've tried to freshen up a bit this week. Um, tried to, you know, make sure that we're we're not going to get out enthused and out bashed on, on the field because uh, we've played two games back to back, pretty tough games. So uh, by the time we get down the camera, hopefully we're, we're up to go. I can almost hear Dan McKellar saying we're, that they're the underdogs this week because they're they're coming off a loss a fortnight ago. They're coming off the bye. You guys have had two really good wins. It's like this battle for underdog status. Come on, but that's their first loss in what in how long? No, you can't read of that. Far out. Uh, yeah, mate, I think you know, we're, we're, we're getting better, but obviously we're not happy with where we are at the moment. With We still think we, should, we, we can get better, um, but it's going to be a big ask, you know what I mean? We've gone from going from the Gold Coast on you know, 21 degrees down to Canberra at 1 degrees, so uh, we've got to go down and enjoy that and enjoy playing the best team in the comp down there. Chris, you've not only gone from, from that, but you've also probably, to, to be brutally honest, the Waratahs have gone from being a side that has been massively underwhelming in the last number of years um, and perhaps for the first time in a long time, the, the expectations of the Waratahs were pretty slim going into the regular 2020 uh, Super Rugby season, but particularly even more so into the Super Rugby AU season. 
off the back of a couple of slow starts as well, a few losses. Did that did, did that irk? I'm sure it irked you. But at what point in time did, did the squad manage to 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 step that performance level up a gear? Because it was a huge shift the last two weeks from what we've seen for the last number of years. Yeah, but I think if you look back at the first game against the Reds, um, now we were in front in that game with 20 minutes to go. Um, and obviously we've got a young team, um, so we're still learning how to manage games and how to, how to win games. Next game against the Force was obviously a bit better, but our first half was you know, was pretty ordinary. Uh, I thought we played some better rugby in the second half. Brumbies, once again, you know, we should, probably should have closed that game out. Um, but Brumbies being the Brumbies and being so confident in what they do, you know, and they, they nipped us in the butt right at the end of the game. So we've kind of been there. The Rebels is a, is a bit of a, a sore point for us. Uh, I think we got out in thirds just outbashed in that game. Not out in thirds, but definitely outbashed. You know, physically, um, they just dominate us. Um, so that's probably the one game we're disappointed in. The other ones, I think we've, we've gotten better each week. Um, and as, as I said, with the young team, um, it's just managing managing those games and how you close those games out. Obviously, with Carmichael coming back and helping out a fair bit in the midfield there, um, just with leading the boys around the field and helping Will out, uh, you know, it's helped us immensely. Um, so, no, we're definitely not the finished product. We're still a very young team. But as I said, our game leaders are so keen and, and, and so keen to get better. Jackie Gordon's only second game back as well. So, you know, the introduction of a couple of senior head guys there with Jake and Carmichael's, you know, I mean, made a big difference for us. Chris, you're almost characterising it as a uh, as a, a growth, a continual sort of you know growing of the team rather than something you know a flitch, a, fli- a switch being flicked over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, we've been doing some good things at training as well, and then obviously you come out of the game and we're playing good in patches, but haven't been able to put the eighty minutes together. Um, we still haven't put the eighty minutes together, and you know that's a work in progress, but. You know, I think we're moving. You know, it might not happen this year, but we're moving in, that, in the right direction. The 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 buy round, um, besides of throughout Super Rugby AU, seem to have performed quite well off the back of a buy. Um, but the buy round itself, was there anything that was said? Um, can you give us a bit of an insight about around the coaches, because as well as the playing group? Because I dare say there was a lot of pressure, and there was things that were being said. There was things that were being written in the media. Absolutely. Um, was there anything different in the lead up to to the clash against the Reds? No, I mean, I think if anything, I think it's, it's benefited. I mean, Rob's a very positive coach. Um, he definitely won't tell guys don't do this and don't do that, don't pass that ball, don't do that. He's very, he's very encouraging. He, he wants to play open style of rugby. Um, so you know, there's, there's never been a stage where anyone's read the papers and gone, oh, we've got a bit of heat on us here. We obviously put our own pressure on ourselves. Um, but I think the benefit of having that buy was that we got to sit back and we changed a few things on how we play, um, which was always the plan on introducing something different on the, on the buy the buy weekend. Um, and then I think we get an extra couple of days to prepare for the Reds game. We gave the boys kind of Monday to Thursday off or Monday to Wednesday off. And then we came in and did a, a session on the Friday just to prepare for the Reds on the following week. So the boys got really fresh. Um, we had a game plan and, and worked on some few new things and, um, you know, the boys have been really positive. Um, Which you've been around for, for such a long time and, and seen, um, you know, different periods in Australian rugby, some great success, obviously, but also some some lean years. If you're able to, not just with your Waratahs hat on, but uh, just in a general sense, step back and, and have a look at the, the talent that's coming through, how would you characterise or how would you assess where Australian rugby is at 
at the moment. It, it just feels like there's a start starting to something bubbling there. Hundred percent. I mean, you look back in the in the days back when you had like the John Hills, the Tim Hoare, and the Jason Hills coming through. Uh, you know, George Gregg and those type of guys. Um, you know, you can almost feel something like that coming through. Guys that are going to be, um, you know, in in the top echelon of the of the players in the world. Um, you know, there's that 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 young got breed coming through. They've got plenty of enthusiasm. They want to win, and they want to get better. I mean, you look at someone like Will Harrison. He's and Ben Donaldson, the two young tens. Um, you know, they're there every day doing kicking. You know, I mean, it's no coincidence that you know he's kicking for goal is he's missed two or something in all all year. So, you know, they're just keen to learn and keen to get better. But you look around every team like Queensland, they've got young guys coming through, you know, the same team from the Aussie twenties that Jason Gilmore had uh over in Argentina. You know, there's just guys coming through the system at the moment. Uh the Brummies are the same, there's guys coming through there. So, you know, give these guys, you know, the right the right nurturing and the right experience around them. Um, you know, it's it's really exciting the next year or two or two or three years. You've been at the Tars now a couple of years as well since coming back from France. Are you, are you feeling more comfortable in the role itself now too? Yeah, it's it's it's, it's enjoyable to work with the young guys, obviously, and obviously just to try and um, and, and put that experience around them as well. Um, you know, even someone like Michael Hooper made a comment the other day to me saying that in that COVID break we put him in a group with a lot of young guys, and it really refreshed him. You know, man, um, just the enthusiasm with the young guys. So I'm really enjoying the whole. All the way down from you know 18, 19, all the way up to you know thirty odd. So uh, right now there's a good mix, and everyone's trying to improve each other. So it's good. Who do you take your coaching cues from? You know, you played under some terrific coaches over the years. Have you sort of collected something from each of those, or are you just doing it your way? Uh, I kind of do it my own way. Like I'm not, uh, I'm not a ranter and raver. You know, man. I'm a... That surprises everyone. Shock horror. Yeah, really? Yeah, so I I, I try and do it my own way. Um, I've obviously got some guys, you know, man, I'm close with. Um, You know, back in the day, I was blessed to have, you know, someone like Alan Gaffney when I was uh, playing. And then when I went overseas, he was on as well. You know, guys like David Knox, who was very laid back and relaxed. Um, You know, then you go Michael Checker. You know, he's got the two sides as well. So, um, you know, I, I try and take a bit of everyone. And then I'm still learning. Like, even, you know, at the moment, obviously, with the coaching stuff we've got there, uh, with Rob and stuff and Jason Gilmore, he's got experiences everywhere. So I think you're just always learning and trying to put bits and pieces in there. But as a person, uh, you know, I don't I don't want to change the person. You know, I mean, I'm not going to change my personality to suit my coaching style. I am what I am and that's how I do it. And I imagine that, um, well, clearly there are some assistant coaches around the world who are happy to play that role. But, you know, if you're an assistant coach, most people ultimately want to be a head coach. Is that on the agenda? Uh, no, no, not really. I'll just see where it takes me. Um, you know, if if I think I'm ready for it and uh, the opportunity arises, I'll, you know, I'll think about it then. But at the moment, um, and I'm learning too much where I am, you know, with Rob and everyone else around there. So um, at the moment, no, I haven't even thought about that type of stuff. Chris, we're, we've, we're seeing a lot of promising young players coming through. You've spoken about a couple of them, but the likes of Will Harrison, who's only missed two conversions, uh, two, two shots at goal. Um, James Ram, these sorts of players. Uh, there, there's going to come a point in time where we start talking about the Wallabies and fingers crosses test matches in 2020 and a number of them as well. Uh, th- those sorts of players, do you, do you have fears for them if they get promoted or do, you, or, or, or do you back them as an assistant coach of the Tars to go, no, we're actually preparing these super rugby players 
who might be only 20, 21, to, to take the, the next step up at some stage? Yeah, I mean, if they're good enough, and I think they are, I think, you know, age, age doesn't matter. But, you know, you think about how good they go with, with uh, even some more experienced players around them as well. You know, it could it would even bring them through even further. So, um, you know, everyone there is playing Super Rugby at the moment. I would have no issues with them going up to the Australian level. Um, obviously, the coaching the coaching level there is, you know, man, is, is first class. Um, so it'll benefit, <laughs> it'll benefit them, you know, man. Having different ideas and different people, um, you know. But I still, still stay in contact with like Scotty Wisemanel, um, and he comes down, helps out, and watches things and things like that. So, um, yeah, there's no issues there in terms of uh, guys out of the depth. What's the actual collaboration with the national coaches? How, how does something like that, a conversation like that, play out? Because I, I dare say, for some coaches from a provincial from super rugby level wouldn't always necessarily want someone coming in and, and, and necessarily telling them where to pay, for instance, or if it's a Ned Hattingen, if they want to see them at six or, or in the second row. Uh, well, I haven't had any discussions about where they should be playing things like that, but um, you know, all the Australian coaches have come down and, and watch training and, and help out and, and do bits and pieces. Um, you know, I, I probably speak to Scott, uh, if not every week, every second week, uh, always in touch, just he's, you know, picks things up in our game. You know, never about the opposition things like that. It's all about our game and how we can get better and, and ideas here and there. And he might send me a clip here and there about what's happening overseas or something like that. So uh, it's very positive. Um, you know, we have uh, zooms with um, you know with the with the Wallaby coaching staff. You know, a couple of times. You know, every two or three weeks as well, just to chew the fat and talk footy and, and the direction we're going and uh, just so everyone's around what we're trying to get, trying to achieve. Talking about the uh, the direction you're going, and and again a bit bigger picture stuff. Um, there's still some uncertainty about what next year uh, looks like. And given all of that, I just thought it was really positive this week when you've got Tom Staniforth uh, committing or recommitting to the Waratahs and uh, the team that you'll play this weekend for them. Tom Wright has recommitted for season 2021. Obviously, you know we talk about the positive things that are that are going on. Do you sense that the players know that there's something uh, better on the horizon as well, and they're you know they're they're willing to show that commitment, show that loyalty, and uh, and stick with Australian rugby? Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I think obviously when the COVID thing hit, I think they put a bit of a stop on signing the players and talking to players about contracts and that. So that's been lifted now. There's still a bit of uncertainty, obviously, about funding and what's going forward uh, in terms of budgets, things like that. So it's tough. Um, so I think at the moment that the, the Hopefully, you know, signing the guys that have already started negotiations for the COVID. Um, but you know, I, I think looking, even speaking of hoops and a few of the boys, you know, they're so positive about this. Even the, the Australian conference thing that we've been doing at the moment, the, the rugby AU, um, you know, it's just brought back to you know that those rivalries that uh, everyone grew up watching uh, know, every week. And I suppose that's why, you know, at the moment the boys are, are quite tired, not just uh, physically but mentally fatigued, um, just because. You know, every week you've got to get yourself up for a game because um, there's nothing like a rival, a rivalry game, you know, against Queensland and Brumbies, you know, the Rebels, and now the Force as well. I think, you know, the Force has added an extra spice to the competition as well. Yeah, is that something like the Force, five sides? There's been so much discussion around Trans Tasman, Australian domestic. Is it is it nice just though playing in the one time zone? I dare say it's pretty good. <laughs> when more often than not you're, you're waking up in your own bed and there's games that are being played and Australian hours between you know, seven o'clock or there thereabouts. No, it's been good. I've actually enjoyed also going up the day of the game. 
you know, it's it's unheard of for a lot of the, a lot of the boys here. You know, mate, you wake up, jump on a flight, go up to the game, hang at the stadium uh, for three or four hours before the game, and go out and play. Um, you know, usually you'd go up a day or two before, and you'd stay the night after, and come back the day after. But now it's it's dead to get up there, play the game, and get back. And you know, being in Europe, that's what you do. Um, you, you play a game and you get straight out. You know, in France, we got a nice ten-hour bus trip a couple of times, getting back at nine in the morning. Um, but it's it's it's. I think that's where the game's going, and there's been no complaints from the boys. It's been really positive. Um, you know, the boys have, haven't used it as an excuse once, and uh, it's actually it's actually opened the boys' eyes to saying, "Oh, we can do this." You know, it's not an excuse, and actually quite enjoying it. I know. Uh, talking about bus trips in France, Drew Mitchell used to tell the story that when they were at Toulon, if if they won, Murad would put on his plane and they could fly back. But if they lost, it was if they lost, it was on the bus. That was that was the punishment, the ten hour bus trip. Um, and I was going to ask you about life in the bubble. I mean, that's one of the differences, I guess, traveling on the day of the game. But uh, how how else has it changed how you prepare and and what you do and the fact that you know you you can't kind of quite live the life that you used to for me it hasn't been an issue i'm not you never go out i'm not, <laughs> I'm not someone who's quite social anyway and goes out and does stuff i'm quite happy and i'm a bit of a home person being overseas for 12 years i've kind of gotten used to you know hanging with my family and, and you know making doing my own things um so for me it hasn't been an issue um obviously i miss miss my friends and my mum and dad and things like that but uh, I think for the boys, the same thing. I think it's given us more time to prepare for the game. Um, you know, probably less less reason to go out and have a, have a beer after a game, I suppose. So it's it's heads down and concentrate and and do the best we can. It, it is harder though. It is harder though for the for the players, isn't it? Like you know, you think you're twenty somethings, um, probably not the ideal scenario to have to be at home. Hundred percent. We even had guys like Will Harrison had his twenty first birthday. You know, I mean things like that where you go, well. Oh, that's tough, you know, mate. Yeah. Uh, we had a guy, one of our, our um, we had Benny um, McCormack get married the other day as well, you know, mate. So, um, you know, it's, it's weird times, the the whole COVID times. It's definitely weird and bizarre. I tell you, I'm, I'm over the Zoom meetings, that's for sure. In the COVID <laughs> time, we we're, doing, we're doing meetings and, you know, mate, oh, I think it's tough. You know, it, it fatigues you. Even sitting in front of a computer the whole time, we're not used to it. We're used to being on the field and and having you know contact with players and standing up and talking to them and you know having small meetings here and there, not sitting down on a computer and uh, and living the life like that. So it's been tough, but it is what it is. It's funny that you bring up Will Harrison. It was not a, just a couple of weeks ago that his that his dad was out uh, with with Randwick playing the, the two Blues out Parramatta way and. Uh, and he was feeling a little bit dusty because it was the night before that it was, it was Will's birthday <laughs> and that they'd set it up. So it's great. Club rugby, uh, one, one discussion or one thing that's been in the media recently is the, uh, the national club championship that could be coming into to place. Uh, I dare say Randwick, uh, aside with a fair bit of history to it, would, would love that, would love the opportunity to, to go around and, and say, lay claim to the fact that they might be the best uh, club team in the competition. Just talk about the idea of something like that in, in general. Oh, it'd be huge. Yeah, I think I think club rugby in Sydney is thriving at the moment. There's so much passion behind the club rugby. Uh, obviously, being a rabbit person myself, um, you know, we've got so many rivalries as well. You know, East and then Sydney Union things like that. So, um, you know, to actually to be able to call yourself, you know, the Australian club champion would be massive. Um, you know, I know back in the day, and I think they still do, Randwick pride themselves on the club championships. 
You know, I mean, so that's virtually the best club in Sydney. It's not just about first grade and second grade or Colts and things like that. It's about being the best club. Um, so to be able to call yourself, you know, the best club in Australia uh, or the best team in Australia would be huge. And I think it brings a, you know, a fair bit of that tribalism, um, you know, that, that goes with rugby, which is so important. And uh, maybe what's been missing for a few years anyway to, to be able to uh, re-engage with that grassroots is, uh, is ideal. Um, so we've talked a bit about what you guys are doing this weekend against the Brumbies. Just before we let you go, uh, Friday night, the Force and the Reds, and obviously, you know, given the, the way of the world at the moment, you've seen a fair bit of both of those teams. But uh, just take us through how you see that one, and in particular, the Reds' effort uh, on their own line the other night. Yeah, massive. Um, defensively outstanding. Um, kind of felt a bit sorry for the Reds. Um, you know, it was a tough week, the week they played against us, obviously with Jordan's father and things like that. So, um, you know, it was a tough night, I think. You know, after the game, everyone just had a big chat with the Reds and said sorry, you know, about the whole thing. You know, that's the beauty of rugby. Um, yeah, after it, you know, it just puts everything in perspective, doesn't it? But... Um, you know, I think for them to bounce back the way they did was outstanding. I think Rebels were kind of coming off a bit of a high high patch there, uh, obviously beating the Brumbers and things like that. So for the Reds to do that was was outstanding. And I wouldn't underestimate the force. I mean, they play some really good footy. Um, if they get it right, they hang on to the ball, they play some footy um, with John Lance at 10, you know, I mean, Sean around the field and, and Pryor at nine, who, who kicks really well and also is very dangerous. Um, you saw against the Reds the last time they played, they got out to a lead and they probably... Um, bit hard done by in the end by when they got beaten by and they got run down by the Reds in the end but it's definitely going to be a cracker match they're both two teams that play exciting rugby you know the Reds with a lot of pop passing and a lot of ball movement and the force is exactly the same so it's definitely going to be a, a, a game to watch Just as an assistant coach the game's on Friday night you guys are playing on Saturday um, do, you, do you watch the game on the Friday night or do you try to clear your head, stay away from that, just concentrate solely on what your task is on Saturday? And if, and if you don't and you do watch and, and, and if you do watch the Reds uh, uh, force, do you watch it a, a different day or do you just watch highlights? How, how do you uh, go about general, it? General law, watch it. Um, yep. Obviously, in, in everyone's homes, we generally watch it. I think the hardest thing is like, so before we play the Brumbies this week, as coaching staff, we'll we would have watched video and come up with a game plan for the following week for the Rebels. Um, so I think there's definitely an art to to concentrating on this week's game, but at a certain day, like it's usually my day off, I'll, I'll look at the following week's game and watch all my video and come up with the game plan and or my ideas. So when we have our coaching staff meeting, uh, we come up with a plan and our, our weekly structures for the following week. So it's mm-hmm. definitely a, a trick to be able to go from one team to the other because sometimes you find yourself uh, talking to the boys about the Rebels, but you're actually playing the Brumbies. You know, mate? So you've actually <laughs> yeah. got to kind of read over your game plan again and what you're trying to do before you go into the game. So uh, you get used to it after a while, but you definitely you watch the games on the Friday night. If it doesn't, it doesn't doesn't change. Does it ever uh, does it ever work? I find that really interesting, actually, how you how you do that. But does it ever work where throughout a season you kind of break up teams so one of the coaching staff becomes a bit of an expert on? one or two of the teams, you, you share it around like that, that, that sort of intellectual property? I, as in within our coaching staff or? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're quite lucky because we were, obviously when we played Queensland, we've got um, Jason Gilmore, who's, who knows a lot of those guys up there. The mole. Uh, hey? Bit of a I, mole. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, no, but um, you know, so he, he and I, you know, and then um, obviously guys know the Brumbies. I think the benefit, the interesting thing about the second round now is we've already played them once. Um, you know, so we've looked at our game plan from the week, the first round, and said, you know, what did we do well? We'd do bad. Did this work? We keep that. We change that. So you know, there's a bit of toing and froing. So it's quite interesting. These next, the the second block of games, it can be quite interesting to see how how teams have picked other teams apart. You know, depending on what they did in the first round. And do you uh, do you have a view on next year, uh, uh, Trans Tasman? Uh, is that your preference, or you'd be quite happy to sit back here and, and play in those time zones that uh, those local time zones that Christy was talking about? Yeah, no, they're all. I'd be happy. I'm more than happy than you said with the Australian conference. But at the same time, I think I think whatever happens, it'd be it'd be, uh, it'd be good to have some type of final series, or you know, if it's not a, a round robin with the Kiwis, something at the end to have a you know in a final or a semis or something that'd be interesting as well. Um, but I suppose it's all up in the air. I'd be happy just to play footy. Yeah, Top two face-off sounds like a, a good compromise if we can't get to Trans-Tasman uh, round robin. So. Yeah, that could be good. Good stuff. Hey, Witch, thanks very much for uh, for jumping on this evening. Good to catch up. And I think, you know, the way both teams have been playing, I'm not sure that either can quite rightly claim underdog status on Saturday night, but there's a lot to like, seriously, about uh, the way that both teams have been playing in Super Rugby AU. Uh, we can't wait for, for Saturday night. Go well. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Good stuff. Christy, good to see you. Thanks for being part of uh, Rugby Nation. We'll see you next week. And thank you for your company. We'll see you next time on Rugby Nation. Thank you very much.